Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 83 of Speak On It. I am your host, Danny Ocean, as always, joined by the smoothest man on the planet, Losty Mix. How are you doing? Uh, we are two weeks away from Christmas. We are two weeks away from Christmas. Uh, Danny, I think I want to first start by saying I think next week we are not recording. Uh, we won't Correct. show next week. We're going to take off for uh, that day uh, next week as we prep for tuesday so everyone if you're listening not be recording uh we from today the 20th but danny as always you know when you see this nas fade it can only be one brother the good brother los mixed man i'm here danny i'm blessed blessed to be here with you i'm i'm, I'm riding a pretty happy note we'll get into it later when we talk about fantasy i'm riding a pretty happy note and uh hey man now we're in the fantasy playoffs time and now it's now there's no margin of error for That's any lineup right. that you set. And uh, I think it's it's so interesting, right? When you go from week 14 to 15, when the playoffs officially start, like you like you get super serious about your lineup. You're reading everyone's injury reports. You're reading all into the matchups, how they rank against the pass or the run or kickers or defenses. You're reading it all. And you're, now you're thinking about like situational football, uh, what happens like if if they go up X Y and Z points? Like I'm for example, while we just sitting here talking, I've been debating in our redraft league mm -hmm. if for for my uh, week my round one matchup if I should start David Montgomery as the Bears are playing the Eagles this week. Mm. He's projected to score around 13 points. Eagles are so so against the run. My biggest fear is that the Eagles and Bears game will look sort of like the Eagles and Giants game last week, where okay. If it might start out close, and in that time, David Montgomery might score a touchdown. But when it gets when when doors get blown open, well, then they're just going to abandon the run, right? They will. But we're talking about the most run-heavy team in the last twenty years. So really, you would think that their game plan, their script, would be to run the ball and keep the Eagles' offense. Man, you, you start you start thinking about all this, and you're like, y'all. I woke up. I was looking at my lineup this morning. I had to stop. I was like, "Yeah, I do not know how I'm gonna set this lineup. I got two days." Listen, I think right now you're overthinking it. Like, do what you do. What do what got you here? See, this is so. Th this is the thing in the redraft league, and you you've seen my roster. My roster is has depth at a lot of positions. So, like, I can make a good decision and get twelve to fifteen points. But someone on my bench, I already know is going to score twenty to twenty four points. Last week, Donovan Peoples Jones just goes crazy on my bench, but my wide receivers are Jettas, Keenan Allen, and Chris Godwin. Like, where am I going to put in Donovan Peoples-Jones? Yeah, that's a, you know, because I have that same issue, and again, we'll talk fantasy later. For me, I have the same issue with Garrett Wilson and Debo Samuel. Yeah. And again, we'll talk about it later. Like, had I started Garrett Wilson last week over Debo Samuel, and then Jerry Judy over Nick Chubb this week, I would have won a little extra money in our redraft. Like, actually, if I would have started Wilson over Debo last week, I would have won uh, the scoring title. Looks like D's falling off. It's just me. Okay. Uh, while D comes back, as always, this show is brought to you by goingfor2.com. Head over to goingfor2.com for all your daily fantasy needs. Like D said, it is the playoffs. Uh, it is put up a shut up time. A lot of you guys will want to go home. Some of you have two week stretches over your playoffs. Uh, head over to goingfor2.com to get everything that you need fantasy-wise to get you in the game, to get you going. Uh, tonight, we have a packed show for you. Uh, as those who are on the visual 
adventure with us. We have a special guest, uh, Zach Pelosi. The big Pelosi will be joining us tonight to talk some NBA, a few NFL items. Um, we're going to be talking about week 14 in the field that just wrapped. We'll talk about our fantasy. We're going to talk about uh, Callum Murray, Ter- Terrence ACL. We're going to talk about the Army-Navy game, have some thoughts on that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Suns, Pelicans, and the beef that seems to have risen from the ashes out of nowhere, out of Zion's dinner plate. It's not from nowhere. Of, it's not from nowhere. Uh, it's not from nowhere, but it's still funny. So, so D, shall we get started? Man, let's hop right into it. You want to start in the NFL in week 14. I think let's I think do there's it. a lot to talk about. So, week 14, we started last Thursday in Los Angeles, Raiders versus Rams. And the Raiders were absolutely stunned by. Baker Mayfield and the Rams literally in the fourth quarter. Like if you watch that game and you look at the box stats, you are not going to believe the Raiders actually lost that game. Um, Then on Sunday, we saw the Bills pull out a tough one versus the Jets, which was impressive. Detroit shocking the Vikings in Detroit. Uh, We are talking about your, your Eagles beating up on the Giants. We had the Ravens shut down the Steelers, but both teams ended up losing their starting quarterbacks. Uh, well, there's the, the QBs that started the game, I shouldn't say started, starting quarterbacks, uh, the QBs that started the game in Baltimore. Um, the Chiefs held on against the Broncos, which I guess should be an impressive victory when you think about that Broncos defense. Um, funniest victory of the week, I think we can both agree, the Cowboys barely managing mm-hmm. to beat the Texans at home. And then maybe the biggest stunner of the week was the Jacksonville Jaguars going into Nashville and straight up sticking it to the Titans. Like, it was no question who won that game. Danny, with all this said, what are your two biggest takeaways from week 14? Oh, I have a I have a hot take that's going to take over the show. Send us to the moon with this take, my friend. The Carolina Panthers are going to win the NFC South. We here? Are we here? We here. We here. We, okay. Okay. So this is remember when we were kind of dissecting the NFC South in the preseason and we mm-hmm. both kind of collectively agreed this division fucking sucks. Yes, it does. Fam, the NFC lease transformed it to the NFC South. Like, just took its membership down south. Oh, man. It's like the NFC South said, yo, we have no Drew. Tom's going through some things. Baker's starting in Carolina, and we don't know what the fuck the Falcons are doing. Let's, let's, let's bring the stinky football to this division. Dog. So I sat down today. Here, here, here's the the Bucks. So right now the Bucks are one. They're first in the South. Five they're six, they're five. Yeah, and then the they have one in the loss column. They have one less loss than the Panthers. And the Panthers have the head to head. They beat them early this year. Here's the oh, Bucks yeah, schedule. Like so they the, have so the, the Bucks have to beat the Panthers next time they play. Like they have yes, to. Beat the they have to. So they have the Bengals Sunday, and then they have the Cardinals, and then they have the Panthers and the Falcons. Meanwhile, the Panthers have the Steelers at home. The Lions at home, they trampled, traveled to Tampa Bay, and then they traveled to New Orleans. Dog, there is a yo, universe. Yo, now go ahead. I'm going to let you go because I think we're about to say the same thing. You beat, these, you beat one of these next two teams, and you go to Tampa and beat Tom? Dog, you're sitting you there in. like. <laughs> you in. The Sam Darnold-led Carolina Panthers would be hosting a playoff game probably against the Dallas Cowboys. Where do I begin? 
when we started this year and we were watching the Carolina Panthers play, we were wondering if they were going to be competitive enough to win a game before they got yep. the number one overall pick. Then they fucked around and won a game, took themselves out of the number one contender, uh, number one draft pick slot, fired their head coach, started decided they wanted to commit to running the football and playing defense, and now they've won a few games. They've beaten Seattle. They've beaten yep. Tampa. Uh, yep. who, who else did they, did they beat? Don't worry. I got you. They have beaten, they've beaten the Falcons. They beat the Broncos. Broncos. Yep. And that was a game. They stole that game against the Broncos. The Broncos are winning most of that game. Or I believe they no, they didn't they didn't steal it. They uh shut shut down the Broncos, which I guess is yeah, they game. shut the Broncos down and they've already beaten the Saints. Let me tell you, and then we're going we're gonna take this into the another level of inception. Have if they played they, the have they played the Falcons twice? They split with the Falcons? They, they still have to they have played the Falcons twice already. They beat the Falcons, they split the series. Okay. They oh the yeah, that first one in Atlanta was that crazy that was, overtime game. Yeah. With DJ so they Moore. came back and got their victory in uh, in the second game. Yo, listen. I don't want to see Tom Brady's career end like this, but my brother, if I gotta watch my QB go through the fucking slums, Tom, you might as well join us, brother. Yes. You might as well join us. And if the Carolina Panthers beat the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs, boy, I'm gonna be on here popping shit for weeks. I don't care Even what happens. My dog, my dog, for those who are watching this, we we started talking about the Carolina Panthers. He's in disbelief. Yeah. Tail, <laughs> can't believe they about to win this division. Yo, I, I'm, I'm looking at it like if you're – and I want to take this off of just the Carolina Panthers. If you're the Carolina Panthers, you're looking at this like we clearly know we don't have the answer at quarterback. So at some point we're going to have to address this, like th- this position. But at the same time, we have a we have a a chance to make it to the playoffs and get that playoff money check. No matter no matter how you get in, you make it to the playoffs, you're getting that playoff money check. I think if you're the Bucks, I mean you're not the Bucks. If you're the Panthers, you go for it, right? You go for the playoffs. No, so at this point, you're not going to get you're not going to get CJ. You're not going to get Will Levis. You're not going to get um, I don't know because right now they're at nine. They win the division. So right now, Tampa Bay's at 19th. Carolina's at 9. The team's in front of um, Carolina. Tell me who would need a quarterback. Houston would need a quarterback. Seattle does not. Chicago does not. Detroit may stick with Jared Goff. The Eagles do not. Arizona does not. Indy does. And Vegas does not. Dog. Like There is a universe where See, Will well, Levis can fall to you. And they have Matt Carroll on the on the bench. I forgot about Matt Corral. Um, oh, Corral, thank you. I will say that you should. We should account for a team that we don't think needs a quarterback. Maybe taking a quarterback, i.e., the Green Bay Packers a few years ago. Um, I think if you're some of these teams, you're looking at your current quarterback and saying, maybe if you're a team like the Raiders, you're looking at your current quarterback and you're looking at the future, right? You're looking at it like, yo, if we cut this guy in twenty whatever, we can save X amount on the cap. And start developing and building our our the next version of this roster out. So let's never consider, let's never downplay and forget about that. I think um I think outside of that, I mean, I don't know. Right? I, I don't I don't know. It's hard. Like uh I think if they're picking, if they pick at 19, I don't think there's a quarterback there. I, no. I think if they win the division and I, I just don't think there's a quarterback there. If they lose the division, I think they're I think the Panthers are in a great, great situation the more I think about it. 
they don't make the playoffs, they'll be in a position to maybe trade up or down for uh, a quarterback that they think they can get. If they don't, then they're going to be in the playoffs. And now you really got to focus on the future because maybe you 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 maybe lean on Sam Darnold, you maybe lean on uh, Matt Corral, see what you have a quarterback there. And if it don't work out, hey, you may be in the run for Caleb Williams next year. Can't. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. I just. I just want to live in a universe where the Dallas Cowboys have to go to Carolina to play a playoff game. If you're Tom Brady and the Bucks, and I know, I think, I, I mean, I feel like they want to get to the playoffs, but if you're the Bucks, right, and you're Tom Brady and you're looking at this roster, you're saying, mm-hmm. yo, if we get to the playoffs, we're likely going to play the Dallas Cowboys. They're, yep. they're no, yeah, because they're going to be the five seed. I, I, I think the Eagles are going to win the division, so I think they're going to be the as salty, bitter ass five seed because they're about to win like 11, 12, 13 games and have to travel. It is what it is till the Eagles will lose some games. Anyway, um, if you're the Bucks, you're like, yo, we're likely going to get Dallas wildcard weekend. We saw what that game looked like when we when we had to play them. Is this what we want to do? You know what? But here's the thing, though. I don't know what it is. The Bucks always play the Cowboys tough. Like, no, like this team has been trash all year, but week one in Dallas, that was a tough game for Dallas. Uh, what was your next takeaway? Uh, the Detroit Lions receiving core is going to be nasty. Jameson Williams' first catch was a 40-plus yard touchdown. Nasty. Amon Ra, Williams, Chark. Like, too bad they traded Hawkinson because, man. They didn't need him. I mean, but think about that. That They were probably – they were probably like this offense doesn't run through the tight end position enough for us to eventually be in a position where this guy's gonna gonna want his money. Maybe we should put it on someone else to have to pay him because this off like I bet you they were looking at it like this offense doesn't even throw to the tight end enough to justify paying a tight end X amount of dollars. That's fair, but with Swift in the backfield and Williams dog, that is a nasty offense, even so, without Hawkinson. So it was interesting because I was watching that game, and I think one of the announcers, he did a great job. He made the point of how really good this Detroit uh, this Detroit offense is and said, yo, if they had three, four, five more wins. and like, No, he said if they had the, the, the Vikings record, we would be looking at this offense like one of the greatest of all time. Yes. That's how good like, this offense is. Like They can run it. They can pass it. They're very diverse. Um, hey, Detroit, you stink long enough. Eventually, you just have to be good. That's just the way the NFL is built. Like, if you stink for long enough, you eventually have to be good. And if you don't believe me, I want y'all to really look closely at what the Jags and the Lions are doing because they're they're there. They're they're at the door and they're about to break some shit down. Uh, which leads me into my first takeaway: Tennessee, the division is not sweet for you anymore. Your Ooh. run is over. Your run of cakewalks in that division is over. And it's funny because redacted otherwise known as deshaun watson has left your division oh not and- redacted sir that's <laughs> <laughs> my man john rivers uh, he, he geeks me every time he says it. but um no it's like um the, the jags and doug peterson they have something and let me not let me let me remind you guys that their quarterback was taken number one overall y'all should go back and watch some of the throws he was making i know it was against the the titans 32nd rank pass defense, watch some of the throws he was making. Mm-hmm. Times. Secondly, secondly, the Houston Texans are going to get a quarterback next year. Um, they're probably going to 
they're probably going to fuck around and sign. A, they're going to probably overpay, give uh, some wide receiver a Christian Kirk-like deal, probably bring in some defensive players, and then the Houston Texans are going to be where the Jacksonville Jaguars are right now next year. <sighs> right. You can do and then that leaves what's the that leaves the Colts who are legitimately a quarterback away, like not even BSing you. Colts get a quarterback like a legit like develop a quarterback, a decent one passer. I'm looking at you, Will Levis. Oh, Will Levis to fit in. Will Levis screams indie dog. I'm telling they you, the, the division is no longer sweet for you, Tennessee. I'm sorry, y'all had y'all's run, especially last year. But I still need Derrick Henry to run through everyone because I need this money in fantasy. So hope I that also, till next year. I, I also have Derrick Henry in Dynasty. So I mean, you can keep doing it. But uh, my second takeaway um, what the? Nah, I'm going to save that for most embarrassing loss. So my third takeaway okay. I guess, <sighs> Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs. The division is very sweet for y'all in the AFC West. But the conference is no longer as sweet as y'all thought it was. Ooh, go on. Um, the Chiefs, while they are prolific and they can throw up a lot of points, and they're clearly one of the best four or five teams in the league, they have some work to clean up, clean up, especially on the turnovers, ball security. You look at some of the be better teams in the NFL and their turnover ratio, and compared to the Chiefs, I mean, it's astronomically different. I think the Chiefs are like minus two, three, or four, you talk about the Eagles, the Bucks, not the Bucks, the Bills, the, the Vikings, well, maybe not the Vikings, the Bills, the Vikings, some of these other good teams, the Cowboys, you're looking at uh, plus, plus 13, plus 14, the turnover ratio, so, um, or plus five or six in the, in, the, in the turnover ratio, so I think that the Chiefs got, they got to clean, clean that up. I think uh, when you look at that they've lost you look at that bills game you look at that Bengals game you look at that colts game you, you will notice that turnovers is what really built, bit them um like they, they had an opportunity to win every game every game they had an opportunity to win and it was a turnover that likely kind of put them in a bad position whether it's a, it a travis kelsey fumble uh patrick mahomes interception they just got to clean some things up i mean this is i i still think they're things between them and buffalo in terms of favorites in the afc but it's tough when you're turning the football over because, you know, you got to think when Buffalo gets the ball, their best running back is their quarterback, who's also their best overall player, too. So, All right, so Danny, my my next question, and then, uh, well, well, yeah, let's do let's do one. I just want to real quickly, then we can let our guest, we can bring our guest in. Who had the most embarrassing loss of the week? In your the Raiders. That's, that's Raiders. Layup. Dog. Like how? Baker Mayfield. Like they had Baker Mayfield out there looking like the second coming of Matthew Stafford. Prime Matthew Stafford from last year. 97-yard drive to end the game. You just No, no Allen Robinson, no Cooper Cup, no Van Jefferson. He was out there with Tutu Atwell. He was out there with uh I can't even name you another receiver on it. Go to go to hell, Josh McDaniel. You think he, he got to go? Well, they two broke the firearm. They are two broke the firearm. All right, folks, if you if you tuned in at the top of the show, we let you know we had a guest. Uh, we have a special guest. We have, have Zach Pelosi joining us. I hope I'm saying his last name right. Zach. Hey. Sorry about that, boys. Nah. Sorry I'm late. What's up, Zach? How you doing? Man? Hey. 
it's it's not you said you said it close enough i've been called worse all right yeah. that's all that matters. all right so so zach let me make sure i'm saying your last name right is it palowski Pulowski? yep yep palowski but and yeah like i said call me whatever i don't all right care. zach and, and before we really get going here is there you want to plug in like your show you want to let people know where i can find you give a little background on yourself um Let's see. I don't even know where to start. I mean, you can find me all over going for two. I do the Sunday morning pregame show with G, with Ben, with Jamie. You know, I'm the host there. But otherwise, you know, just bouncing around on going for two network as much as possible. I'm glad I could, I'm glad I could finally join you guys here, though. I've heard so many good things. And I mean, I know our whole going for two network supports the hell out of you guys. So, I mean, I had to jump on. Wow, we love it. We appreciate the love. We appreciate the love, man. We're really glad you're here. Um, Danny, I think Zach's here at a perfect time because we were just getting ready to jump into some NBA talk. Yes, sir. So Zach, um, Zach and Danny, over the weekend, we saw some tension between the Suns and the Pelican, right? Uh, the Zom 360 windmill dunk to kind of end the game. At, at this point, the game had clearly been decided. Now, if you guys remember last playoffs, the Suns knocked the Pelicans out of the playoffs without Zion. Um, so when it came to the actual dunk that happened over the weekend, the Phoenix Suns were really, their big thing was the unwritten rules uh, of the game, right? So I wanted to, to bring this to you guys and ask you guys the question, what are some of the real quote unquote unwritten rules in sports across any sport? It doesn't have to just be basketball. And should we take these unwritten rules seriously or is it time to let these unwritten rules quote unquote Go. Zach, I'll start with you, my man. The only people that want to let the unwritten rules go are the people that haven't played it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. You play it enough. You're around it enough. Mm -hmm. There's a certain level of respect that you expect, even from your most hated opponent. And, and, you know, I didn't like it from Zion. I especially didn't like it from SportsCenter that they had that dunk on the number one on the top 10 players. Don't, don't get me wrong. It was one hell of a dunk, but fast break. No one defending them. Come on now. Like, we've we've had better plays. But, no, I didn't like the move. I also just really didn't like how upset someone like Campaign was about it. I mean, we've seen those Twitter videos with him arguing with people on the Lakers, specifically LeBron, you know, chirping, talking about, or actually violating some of those same unwritten rules. Not necessarily the same one, but it's the same thing. You know, you can't, you got to follow or you got to practice what you preach you know i don't want to see the guys complaining about it that are the same guys that are doing it to other guys yep. no that's not how it works if you want that respect you got to give it back oh yeah danny what say you my man uh so i kind of liked it because i hate the phoenix suns so i hate <laughs> like I, so full full transparency i hate the suns like i'm a Mavs fan to hell with the suns i don't Devin Booker just throws his head up and scream for foul. So whenever you can rub salt and wounds in son's face, like I'm all here for it. But in regards to unwritten rules, especially that one, if you don't want the man to do a 360 dunk, then stop him. If you if you don't want a team to run the score up on you in on the football field, stop them. Uh, I know that was a problem with the was at the twenty the 2007 Patriots. Everyone's like, oh, Bills run up the score, well, stop them. That, that's like, if you don't want them to do it, then do something to make them stop it. I think I I agree with that part. You know, I I've, I do value the unwritten rules, but, you know, running up the score, that's one that I don't care about as much. Um, you know, play defense, do something, win the game. You know, I don't want to I don't want to hear you be upset 
when you're losing. Yeah. You know, it's different when you're winning and you have a critique about an unwritten rule then. But when you're the team that's losing, uh, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to follow up on that, Danny, I also hate the Suns as a as a Bucks yeah. fan who uh, watched Chris Paul train take Giannis mm-hmm. out on that uh, alley-oop dunk after Drew stole uh, Devin's candy. You know, I- I'm still holding on to that one. So, you know, anytime someone's slighting the Suns, I appreciate it. I won't oh, lie. Yeah. I might be petty. But... No, this is this is a, a, a hate Suns pod. This is yeah. all. This is hate the Suns. As a as a Lakers fan, I will I will get on that. I'm not upset when the Suns catch a little slander. Um, I, I agree with you both, and I I wanna I wanna call out a few kind of the unwritten rules that I hear about or I've seen that that really grind my gears. I'm talking to all you baseball heads that don't like the baseball swing. Tell your pitcher to throw a better ball. Talking to all you fans back in, what was it, 2015, 2016, when a 6'7", quarterback was running through everyone's Swiss cheese defense, doing a fucking Superman celebration, and everyone was upset that he was doing it? Well, what'd he say? You don't like it? Stop me. And then what'd he do? He, he ran right into the end zone, dab, did the Superman all over again. I, I, also, I also think about every time these, these crazy leads go up, we always hear about the, the team, maybe at two out of every 10 times, the team that actually comes back from one of these uh, from one of these deficits. And now all sports media is talking about, well, what, how, you, how you don't know how to play with the league? You can't play with the league. How, how do you get, you was up 25, 28 to three. You can't, you can't keep that league. So then you get mad when they're like, nah, fuck that. Let's actually keep our foot on their neck and just make sure they do not make a comeback. See, this is my thing. The unwritten rule in sports, sort of like what Zach said, is usually stated by people who, one, have never played the sport. Hey, yo, dog, if you've been eating fucking Krispy Kremes and bacon, egg, and cheese BLTs your fucking life, you shouldn't speak on no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we, this, this is not a Krispy Kreme slander show, though. I, I love a good Krispy Kreme. Look, look, look at the hold that glazed donuts have on my people. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we gotta look at what Clay's donuts do. <laughs> yeah. But no, we gotta we gotta we gotta start being like and on top on top of unathletic people, Bam said it in the comments. A lot of it is for losers as well. Ayo dog. Ayo dog. If you've been a winner, if you've won things in your life and you've you know the joy of winning, that means you have to know the agonizing, painful feeling of defeat. And sometimes you just got to live with that. You just got to live with that. Yo, one of the second greatest basketball player of all time to this day still holds a beef with a certain Detroit Piston because he wouldn't shake his hand after the series that they got their asses kicked after years of kicking Mike's ass. That like what? what I'm just I'm just gonna pretend like I didn't hear you say. Yeah, I was gonna gonna say Zach, you're from Chicago, right? Oh, uh, I live out here now. I'm a Bucks fan. Fuck the Bucks. Oh, okay. I'll just okay. say it. He says fuck the But, yeah, no, 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 no. I hate all the teams out here. I'll say that first and foremost. But, no, with the unwritten rules, the ones that bug me specifically are more so not the ones where the guy is on the losing team and he's complaining about it. It's the ones where, specifically, if you're losing, I don't want to see you celebrating. You know, like you got that first down. You oh you hit your third three in a row cool you're still down by 38 in the fourth quarter like and that's where guess what you don't see the winners 
complaining about it because they're just running the score up. They're like, all right, keep running your mouth. So, I'm just going to so keep what do you think about, Zach? What do you think about the teams who score late in the blowout? Their team's getting blown out. But the the guy who caught the touchdown, maybe it's his first or second career touchdown, he does a little touchdown dance. Yeah. There's, I mean, you can try and justify any of them. I get it. But at the same time, there's a certain act of professionalism. Like, even if you haven't done it before, act like you've been there before. Like, even to do it at the best level, like, I bet you did it at the second highest level to get to that highest I level. You know, act like you've at least gotten a sack before, mm. a, a touchdown, you know, what a first down, whatever it is. I'd, like, I understand, you know, appreciating the moment and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I don't want to see you doing you know for a first down when you're down 28 to 3 with two minutes left <laughs> oh no that's like, nasty business <laughs> i'm i'm watching chris i love christian watson but i'm watching him celebrate when we're losing to the eagles and i'm like all right i'm like oh yeah because like everything like, about that they, game was nasty so it's like yeah what are we celebrating here like this game's nasty i'll be mad as hell too nah now i think about it i'll be mad as hell too like your team's getting like slutted out in prime time <laughs> and then like yo dog like you, yeah, you caught a, a 35-yarder, but, like, that's their third-string corner, and, like, they have clearly thrown the white flag. We we just need to keep the clock running and get out of here at this point. Exactly. But what's funny is you never hear the winning teams complaining about yeah. it, and that's because they're like, all right, keep running your mouth, but I'm Oh, no, they just do the scoreboard thing. Scoreboard, the scoreboard. What else do you say? Yeah, I love it. Oh, man. All right. Let's get into some of our quick hitters. But before we get there, I think we got a question from Jamie yeah, in the chat who he also said, what's, what's good? What's good, Zach? So he said, speak on this. So he's offering Damian Pierce in a mid, uh, uh, and two mid-late first rounders for Bijan Robinson. He's saying if that's denied, he also has the second pick in the first round. So what can he trade to get the first pick in the first round? Well, I would say the second pick in Damian Pierce. You want me to go? I mean, I don't want it. I don't. I don't want 101 for that. Like that kind of price, I'll give you 101. But I'm going to take that 102 and all that other shit too. If you're going to pay that kind of price, I mean, I love Bijan. Bijan's stupid talented. He looks like he should be the best running back in the league. You know, there's plenty of reason why he's had this hype for so long. But at the same time, one player doesn't build a team. And if I can get those kind of assets around it, especially in a fairly loaded draft class, sign me up for all those kind of returns. I know you want to have the, the high-end talent to, like, stack up that starting lineup. But realistically, if you had 101 or one or, two, or 102, you have more than one slot you need to address. And that's where I'll take the lump sum there. What about you guys? Well, coming from a guy who almost sold his soul for Jamar Chase three weeks ago, I'll be quiet. <laughs> All right, I mean, Jamar is a little different. I'm For me, it's proven talent. You know, Bijan, I think, will be at the next level. But I also... I mean, have you been impressed by Najee as of late? No. I mean, he was similarly hyped at yeah. one point, and now, like, you try and offer me, I mean, you offer me half of that that sum that Jamie mentioned, I'll gladly take it for Najee. And I, don't get me wrong, I think Bajan will be more productive, have a more longstanding career, and just overall be better than what Najee is. But at the same time, I at least want like the idea of seeing it on the field first. I do too. So I also and I also want to go ahead. To, to these rookies or or these type of uh, first year players. Like you don't know where they're going to go, what system they're going to be in, how that system's going to play out, what the offense is going to look like. I think what because I, I definitely think Bashan will probably be the first rookie taken in, in many dynasty or 
many dynasty leagues. I'm just like, first you got to see what 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 team he goes to. So if he goes to a team that's run heavy, I, I like it. I think easily you take that 101. But if he goes to if he goes to a team like I know it won't happen, but if he goes to a team like the Bills, then would you like the Bills? Like he that's still a pass heavy offense, no matter in my opinion, that's a pass heavy offense, no matter who the running back is, and your best running back is still your quarterback, in my opinion. I think, yeah. I I I I think I'm I'm with you, Zach. Like I think uh if you're at 102, you definitely have a, a lot to a lot to work on and a, a lot of holes to fill. I still think you can probably get a really good running back that's not B. John Robinson at 102 and be perfectly fine. Damian Pierce is going to be a good running back for or a decent, a certain decent serviceable running back for at least three to five years just because he's on the Texans and he's on a rookie deal. So Danny, what are your thoughts? I know you said you didn't didn't want to chime in because of Jamar, but I'm still curious. I'm with you guys. I would as someone who's going to be in this position in a couple of months, I have three first round picks and one is guaranteed guaranteed to be top four. I am going to be in this position in a couple of weeks. Uh, I I will not sell the farm for for Bijan. Like you said, if I'm picking second overall, boy, I got a lot of concerns than just picking up. Like so, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it, but I understand what it's like looking in the mirror and say, "Is this person worth my soul?" Because I was there three weeks ago. My my advice is to throw up as many smoke screens as possible for whoever's drafting in front. Like so, for example. Uh, not this past year, but the year prior, I was 104 in the rookie draft. I knew they were interested in Etienne. I knew they were interested in Najee. I knew there was interest in Pitts, but also in Chase. And I'm throwing all the smoke screens up that, you know, I like Chase is clearly the fourth guy on my list. Like, I don't want him to come to me. Like, I'm giving strong mm-hmm. sales pitches on it. I am talking about it for weeks and months on end before our rookie draft. And we, we did our rookie draft the week after or the day after the NFL draft. But guess what? I had Jamar Chase as my 101. I wanted Jamar and only Jamar. And I was trying to, you know, obviously it's tougher with Bajan, but in general, if there's another guy you want at 102, I'm maybe just throwing out like, uh, it's Bajan and then everyone else, even though there might be a clear number two in your eyes. You know, yeah. you can easily manipulate the way the draft falls with some of that. So, I mean, I'm always trying to hustle. I'm always trying to, you know, if I can move back a pick, still get my guy, and then also get another asset. I mean, I did the same thing with Christian Watson this past year. I knew some guys weren't as high on, or no one was as high on him as I was. But, you know, oh, you want 104? Here, let me move back to 106, get, you know, an early second as well. And then I'm suddenly getting my guy and someone else. I don't know. I'm just... I'm open to a lot more than just Bajan. And I think there's enough good running backs that anyone that needs running back next year could be content without the genre. I, like it. I, like I love it. the smoke swing. You're a, you're a real GM. I'm glad I'm, I'm not, not in your league. GM vibes. Love it, Zach. Um, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in that league. All right, guys, let's get into our quick hitter block. So we're going to start uh, back in the NFL, keeping it in the NFL. Uh, start with Monday night football. Uh, yesterday we had the Patriots, the Cardinals. Uh, I think my biggest reaction here, guys, is, um, man, a lot of prayers up to Kyler Murray. That is a crazy freak injury, literally third play of the game, non-contact, um, a lot of prayers. Cause that's, that's a tough injury. And you know, that's a, it's a long road for recovery and man, the car, the Cardinals are in a tough, 
tough spot as a franchise. And outside of my prayers for Kyler Murray, boy, I cannot wait to watch these last couple episodes of Hard Knocks. I'm going to be locked. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he was on Hard Knocks talking about his leg was giving him some problems. Oh. Yep. Yeah, for multiple episodes too. It wasn't just a one episode, one scene kind of mm. thing. Like they showed, like, like Zach, you saw the one, the one shot. Uh, it was like the first or second time you talked about it. He was in the training room with it. He was just kind of like talking, like injuries are a part of the game. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm glad they keep them healthy. But boy, that's how. <laughs> well, can I re for you guys how it looked for me to watch that injury? I was like, oh no, that's going to be long term. And then I was like, oh wait. My fantasy matchup, and I, and guess what? I should not have won. I don't root for injuries. I hope for a speedy recovery, and it's not as bad as it looked for Kyler. Just because, in general, like regardless of my fantasy team or anyone else's, like yeah, it might help your outcome to win a couple bucks. But at the same time, we're not actually wishing injury upon anyone. Like, and it you got to feel bad for the guy. But I realized, wait, this was one of the matchups that I, I considered a loss entering Monday night because he had Kyler Murray left and he was up by seven. And I had James Conner and Trey McBride left. Ooh. And then uh, three plays in and then two drives later, James Conner has a touchdown. And uh, I have the only two guys still playing in the game and I'm just cruising to a victory. And oh, and by the way, that matchup was for the final playoff spot. Ooh. So I'm in the playoffs. So, it's so interesting how many similar stories to Zach that I've heard in the last 24 hours, just from reading the timeline, talking to people at work, talking to other people in my leagues, uh, like probably one of my more expensive leagues. It was literally these two guys are similar to Zach were paying for the last two spots. And there were so many tiebreakers on the line in this matchup that affected other people that half the league was rooting for the guy who had Kyler Murray because the guy he was playing had Josh Jacobs and he was a number one overall pick. And in this in this league in particular, the number the person who's had the number one overall pick has won the league like the last four years. So like we're like we need to keep this guy the fuck out of the playoffs. I'm all, I'm not worried because I'm the number one seed. I'm like like this guy ha- like he's going to lose. Kyler Murray third play third play Kyler goes down. I'm just sitting there just all I can say is wow. Like oh that guy that guy's still like very upset like right now both for Kyler Murray and his fantasy team because he's just like. It was like any other way I could have lost. Not that way. Not I mean, that way. That just happened to me, though, because I was facing Kyler Murray last night. Well, he decided to bench Kyler Murray because he's tanking for the number one overall pick. But I win, and I'm the sixth seed. Like, I sneak into the playoffs last night because he benched Kyler Murray, which is no shame at all. And and he can't even he can't even tank to get the number one overall pick, Zach, because in he's talking about our Dynasty League. In our Dynasty League, there is a consolation tournament for the number one overall pick. So you have to win a tournament. For them, you just can't make the playoffs. So yeah. he was just like, he was like, well, I'm probably gonna get bounced first round anyway, so I might as well just tank and bet it all on trying to get Bijan or Gibbs. And I was like, okay. What? See, for me, I uh, I didn't have my first rounder. And what's funny is this is a, I believe it was a twelve. Yeah, it's a twelve team league. But if I would have lost that matchup due to tiebreakers, I would have gone from the sixth seed all the way down to the fifth overall pick. Wow. So so that guy, essentially I am just screwing that guy more and more because from the playoff side of it, the further I advance, and my team was good. I just had a lot of bye weeks. Oh, the further back his pick is. Yeah, yeah. So Oof. now, he. I mean, he came into my chat on the Sunday pregame show saying, hey, I hope you give me 104. 
And I was like, all right, screw this guy. (laughs) And I mean, he kept saying it in the chat. So honestly, you know, am I superstitious? Maybe a little bit, but if anyone's to blame for Kyler's injury, I mean, I think it has to be him after coming into so many areas and saying the 104 was his. Can't can't bet on a sure sure thing. Uh, Guys, next one. Do you guys think Tom Brady has hit rock bottom after losing to Brock Purdy in the 49ers the way they did on Sunday? Danny, you can go ahead and have this one first. Tom Brady in the ghetto right now. That man, <laughs> he is in the slums. He calling the police. He asking for directions. Because like I said earlier, the Carolina Panthers are going to win the NFC South in Tom wow. Brady's retirement. will be he threw, away, he threw away his marriage to lose the NFC South to a sub sub subpar Carolina Panthers team that fired Matt Roll. Eight weeks ago, six weeks ago, with Sam Darnold as their quarterback, man, without CMC too, without CMC, the slums, the absolute slums. Sorry, Tom. You want to at least it was pretty. I'm sorry. Sorry, no, you're good. No, you know how bad it is for Tom right now. It's so bad, and he is so old that the next time he gets hit in the pocket, he's probably going to disintegrate into dust like uh, Infinity Stone, Mm -hmm. uh, Avengers. Yeah. That's gonna be him. That's what I'm waiting for at this point. It's looking yeah. right there. It's he looks he be out there like his line, his he he don't like his fifth string line. They don't be blocking nobody. It can't he don't be having enough enough time to get the ball out to Chris Godwin. He only got about two receivers to really he he, he, got, he got two and a half receivers he really trusts. He got one and a half running back. Dog, he came into the season talking about some. Like he came to the season telling his wife, "Listen, I play the Panthers twice a year. Why the fuck would I want to be with them kids?" And now he like, you know, and them kids probably ain't too bad to hang around. What's y'all's names again? Yo, like, come on, man. Like he, it is. He should take a uh, a move from uh, Von Miller's playbook and just say, "Fuck them kids." Maybe starts yeah. playing games again. But no. On on that note too, with Tom, you know that man's down bad when he's not even throwing tablets anymore. The dude just looks straight sad yeah. and depressed on the sideline. Yeah. Not even motion. No. He's just like, well, yeah, it's not cute to throw. Yeah, you can't throw a tablet and cuss me out when you are here throwing it. Mike Evans' knees six yards out. Hey, man, shut up. I also think, and this is going to sound a little fucked up. I think Tom regrets getting Bruce Arians fired. Throw that out. Yeah, I think he regrets fired. not going to Miami. Nah, because that wasn't going to happen. They won't. They was going. They, they was going to shut that down regardless. I really think he kind of regrets. I'm not going to say he got him fired. I do think Tom helped push Bruce Arians into the front office into retirement. Yes, I think. I th- yeah, I think maybe not even Bruce, but I think he's. I think he's regretting just staying in Tampa another year. I think. I don't know where it'll be next year. I know someone in the chat just sent, said something about Brady with the Niners next year. I mean, Brock Purdy just gave him the MVP already, so that's not happening. No, um, <laughs> but I mean, there's plenty of teams that Tom could go to. I don't see him coming back to Tampa. They just, unfortunately, it looks like they have so many holes and issues they need to address. You know, I think part of the appeal on top of being down in Florida for Tom was the fact that this was a team with a stacked defense. Remember that that title run, this team was stacked. It was a stout offensive line, a stout defense. He had all these weapons. I mean, now Godwin and Evans don't necessarily look as great as they have been in years past. Gronk is gone. The offensive line is injured and in shambles, and the defense looks missing in action for a, a head coach and defensive coordinator that are supposed to, you know, have respect. Um, mm-hmm. eh. 
guys, this was a defense a few years ago. Like you would come in and you just wouldn't even try to run the ball. Like you would not even a few years ago, last year, Philly went down there for the playoffs and they shut that run game down. They like this was one of them teams like you just would be like, yo, we cannot run the ball. We have to figure out another way. And that's how they beat you. Because then they would just like once once you recognize you can't run the ball, now they just teeing off with pass rushers and they didn't have that no more. Have you you noticed too though? We all kind of forgot about that, you know, Leonard Fournette looking five hundred pounds picture from camp. (laughs) <laughs> and suddenly he looked in shape and he was productive for a couple of weeks. Well, suddenly everyone forgot about that photo from the offseason. And the man has been awful this year. I mean, I've, yeah. I'm just waiting for Rashad White or Vaughn or anyone other than him to get more reps. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just rough all the way around. I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, you just got to be happy that you got your one ring with TB and just know you're in for a long rebuild in the years to come. We still love Guys, you, Gator J. I'm if sorry. You're a, if you're a Bucks fan, if you're a Rams fan, if you're a if you're a, if you're, if you're a fan of a team that's recently won a championship, no, no, no can't be me. I'm a Packers fan, though. Especially in the NFL, after you win your chip, prepare for a rebuild in the next. Yes. In the next Unless time. Howie Roseman is your GM, and then you'll be back in under. Now, because years. y'all y'all went through a couple rough years. Oh, right talk. Now. 2019 was the worst year of my life. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Um, all right. Speaking of things that are played in Philly, over the weekend, the Army-Navy game was played yes. in, in the great city of Philadelphia. And as expected, it was essentially a carbon copy of the first ever game that was played in 1948. Zach, I'm going to ask you first because I know where Danny's about to take the culture with this answer. When do you think we as football fans, we as football coaches, football personnel are going to ban the triple option. It makes me sad that it's still even a thing. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, as a Wisconsin Badger fan, I, I watch stuff like the triple option, and it it is something that needs to be retired along with Tom Brady and along with you know just a run heavy offense. Like these things, whether it's high school, college, NFL, I don't care. At this point, this day and age, you need to throw the ball. I mean, I get having a scrambling quarterback. I get the dual threat. That stuff is important. I get having creative play call within that. But stuff like the triple option, what is like, it's amateur hour. I'm tired of this Bush League shit. Just give me some real football, please. Oh, Danny, I know where you about to take the baton. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Dog, our very first episode, I talked about the triple option for 20 minutes. It's the worst fucking thing on this planet. Every football team on this planet has a lineman that can throw the football just as well, if not better than your starting quarterback. Give that fat motherfucker the ball, teach him a three step drop, and run a West Coast offense. You know what's so annoying? It's third and 14. What's the play call, coach? I don't know. Fullback dive. What the fuck is that? Who wants to watch that for three? Three hours, dog. The leading receiver from Army Navy game, six targets, two receptions, twenty-eight yards. Your kid is be your kid is a wide receiver, and he is being recruited to a school that runs the triple option. Stay and get your diploma, my guy, because you ain't catching no balls. Like you gonna have three catches all year for fifty did, yards. Did Calvin Johnson play wide receiver? He did. They recruited his ass to Georgia Tech and was like, "We gonna run the triple option." Calvin, yo, pathetic. Get this offense out of here. 
It is. Yo, that's still, he, he, he wasn't a bad wide receiver in college either. Like he, he that's was because he's one of the greatest wide receivers ever. Imagine tricking that man to come to Georgia tech and then throwing him the ball five times a game in the ACC of all conferences. Hey, that probably sounds like what the Detroit body. lions did too, before they brought in Stafford. That is fair. See, uh, no, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think, I, I'm going to take it a step further. I think it really starts at high school. I think we need to ban it in high school first. Yes. Because I think what happens is when you if you ban it in high school first, and a lot of these college coaches can't even think about trying to implement that type of system in a college because they, you wouldn't have the recruits who are familiar with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of a lot of programs out here are running a little bit more West Coast, maybe a little more spread offense depending on where you're at. So you're able to recruit these different type of athletes depending on your offensive style. But if we just eliminate the the, the triple option from like high school, well, then no college coach is going to be out here trying to recruit, trying to run. The these high school coaches just have to be lazy if it's in their playbook, though. Oh, I yeah. mean, like they can't be doing their players a justice. I mean, no college coach or scout or recruiter or whatever looks at that like, Wow, that kid runs the triple option really well. We got to get him out of school. That no one ever, or maybe in the 1950s, but not not this day. Like in no universe should an offensive lineman be in a four points dance. What are we doing here? What is this? It's nasty. Third and fourteen, fullback dive, QB power, or essentially a, a sweep, a toss sweep. Like what are we running here, man? We're running the triple option. That's what we're running. What is this? And, and this is not to disrespect our service men and women, but y'all not having fun either. Who the, like who wants to watch 62 rush attempts over the course of three hours? I not mean, me. Don't even. Navy do it too, don't they? They run it. The, or Navy got it. Both of them run it. Yeah. yeah. It was three hours of the triple option both ways. Look, I'm a vet though. I mean, I was in the Air Force. And from what I recall, the only people that cared about the inner you know, branch football games were the officers, the people that went to the academy. It's the same thing as college, like, except think of no fan base outside of the alumni. You know, you know what I mean? That's like, true. yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't in the army and the Navy or the army and being like, oh, like, oh, are you watching the game this weekend? Or like, it was a thing. You just didn't even hear about it until afterwards. And then one of your lieutenants is talking about the game and you're like, oh, yeah, that one. No, I watched wow. actual football where they didn't have the triple option. Yeah, I was I was gonna say my mom's a, a, a an army vet and you know I she loves her football. Her favorite team is the Commanders. She has yet to wake up on a Saturday in December and really get excited about this Army Navy game. If she if it's on, she'll watch it. But don't think she's gonna jump out of her seat when when you know the Army runs a sixty yard touchdown. Um, well, Air Force runs a traditional offense now, right? They they're off the triple option. They've actually joined a conference, right? Like they they're yeah, in a they're real in the, conference. The Mountain West, I think. Yeah, yeah, they run a real offense. Thank you, Air Force. Not Air Force. Not Air Force. <sighs> All right. Speaking on the universe and in the world, guys. I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but there's this thing called the World Cup that's going on right now, and it's been pretty damn good. Uh, today we saw Argentina handle business against Croatia, and it was it was it was an ass kicking from start to finish. I don't, a three a 3-0 game in in football or soccer, depending on where you go, is basically like a thirty five net game in football. It's nasty. The other team didn't really show up. Tomorrow, I think we have the most interesting matchup in the semifinals with France versus Morocco. Morocco being the first uh, country from Africa to make a World Cup semifinal. Um, France is defending World Cup champions. Guys, who do you think is going to win this one tomorrow? 
Danny, how much soccer do you follow? Let me ask that before I answer. Not a lot. So. All right, give your answer first. I'm I'm big into soccer. Okay. Uh, well, I do know who Mbappe is, and I fe- I hear he is that man. So if he is that man, then he should in France should win tomorrow, and we should get Argentina versus France Sunday for the World Cup final. Yes, France is the most talented, arguably the most talented nation in the world. Um, that's the interesting part about international soccer compared to club soccer, though, is it's kind of just this group of talent where it might not fit into the right formation or the right style. Like you, It's a tough balance for a lot of these countries to use their top world-class players in a way that actually complement each other. You know, you see a lot of these countries, like look at Germany. Obviously, they, they still had high expectations, but there's certain ones where you look at their squad and you're like, they have so much damn talent. You look through, you know, they're starting 11 and then guys on their bench and it's way better than these other countries that are making it further. You're like, wait, wh- why aren't they better? And it's because they don't necessarily mesh well and they also don't have as much time to practice and play together. With mm-hmm. specifically Morocco and France, you know, France has the talent across the board. I mean, their bench players could start on essentially other nation. You know, there's so many guys that, you know, Mbappe really is that man. But Morocco, they deserve a lot of credit. They're a well-balanced team. They play well together. They have a very fluid system, and they're one hell of a defensive team. You know, they don't have the flash. They don't have that sex appeal of France necessarily. But at the same time, you know, Zayic is good up front. He should be able to do enough. I think as long as as long as Morocco can maintain possession, you know, kind of control through their defense, I think they have a shot. You know, I I like them as the wild as the wild card. You know, the, obviously the odds aren't in their favor, but mm-hmm. I I would like to see. You know, like you already alluded to, they are the first African nation to make it to the semifinal of the World Cup. I'd love to see them go all the way. Yeah. And, they, they deserve it. They've played hard. But, you know, if they make it past France, that's awesome. But Argentina is not going to be any easier. So, yeah. I mean, exactly. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Morocco has allowed a goal yet, have they? I know they scored a self-goal, but I don't know. If, I don't yeah, know if and I don't believe so. No. Yeah. No. And they're, Kyle, yeah, Kyle just confirmed it. Uh, they're hasn't just, allowed a game. Hasn't allowed a goal. In they're a game. stout defense. Think of, like, yeah. the 85 Bears or, like, the Ravens with Ray Lewis. You know, like any of those – those mm-hmm. defenses that just controlled the game and you don't need to do a lot. Morocco, they don't need to, they don't need to do what Argentina did today and score three to control it. You know, Argentina got up 2-0 at halftime. And from that point on, Croatia was panicking and that's when they were getting beat on the counterattack. And obviously if Morocco, Morocco is down 1-0, it's done. I'll put it that way. So like I might do a couple of same game parlays tomorrow where I might take a like a first half goal or two for France and then take like the spread or like take an alternate spread of like three and a half or something from there because if they're up two oh I think they'll put up four. Yeah. Like I don't see them slowing down because there's gonna be a lot of opportunity going the other way. But if I think Morocco has control most of the game, then it's gonna be a one nil or a, you know, one nil Morocco could win, or you know, I I would love to see it go into PKs. Even oh, I mean, man. I'm always a fan of that extra time in that PKs. Yeah. PKs are fun, but they're also stressful. Man, I could... oh, oh cool. very stressful. Uh, oh, fuck, I forgot. Was it? I'm thinking of the match where my man he hit like a doink to lose it. Uh 
a doink like it, it hit off the post? Yeah. For the World Cup or in general? It was the World Cup. It was over this weekend. Um, oh, um, oh, Portugal? Was it Portugal? Or was it yeah. Neymar? Brazil. That's what it, it was. Brazil. Brazil. It was Brazil. Yeah. And uh, my man, he just like hit a straight doink and just dropped his knees. And I and I just know I felt I felt all the pain. And I will say this, and another thing about my my international football, otherwise known as soccer players, I be really feeling y'all's pain, dog. When they be losing, I be feeling they pain. Like it's like after the Super Bowl when you see the losing team, they just gotta stay in there with the confetti falling on them, just look at them. Nah, they was like dropping to their knees in tears, boo-hoo crying. I'm like, hey, yo, dog, now nah, you got me wanting to cry. You got me wanting to cry. I would like to say, too, if you're thinking about putting any wagers on tomorrow and you're wondering about maybe, uh, you know, just a guy to watch, even if you're not gambling, but uh, Hakimi, they're, they're right back. He's a right wing back, right back, depending on what formation they're in. But the dude's a really well-rounded defender. He's stout on the defensive side, but he can score, he can pass. I mean, that's the dude I'm watching tomorrow. If he's playing like you would expect for it being the World Cup semifinal, that's the dude that, you know, I think could be putting that, either an assist or a goal. But, you know, he's on PSG with Mbappe. He's just on that. Yeah, you guys heard it from Zach. You guys heard it from Zach. All right, let's 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 talk about some fantasy, guys, because um, the fantasy regular season has officially wrapped up Danny, um, usually we use this time to kind of talk about where we're at in our leagues, but with the fantasy regular season over, I thought we could use this time to just talk about how many leagues we're in, what are some of our what are some of our records, and some of our playoff statuses. So I'll, I'll just kick it off. Five leagues, three 10 and four teams, a seven and seven team, and a six and eight team, five playoff appearances. Two first round buys. Mm. Talk your shit. This this week I got to go three and zero. Then we'll see what it looks like next week. The goal is to be three and zero this week, and then next week it's all about getting into the last round. But we got to focus on this week. Focus is going three and zero this week. Want to shout out my redraft, uh, my my team in my redraft league that figured their shit out. Uh, we were on a six-game losing streak, literally the longest losing streak out of any team in the league. We were at four and two. We were at sitting at four and eight with two games left to play. Won both of the games, and everyone who needed to lose in those two weeks literally lost. And I came in that sixth spot. So it's big, but listen, this week I, I'm just telling my guys, let's focus on the task at hand and let's get to the next round. Who Go ahead, Zach. Teams next. You said you're in five. Only in five. How about you, Danny? How many are you in? Four. I'm in four. I I mean, how about you talk about your four first before I sound like a degenerate over here? Okay, that, well, don't sound bad. You were Kyle. You're, well, you're in the nineties. <laughs> so I I'm in four leagues. Uh, the worst uh, one is a twelve team league, the Yahoo League. Six and eight missed the playoffs by a game. Uh, our dynasty league seven and seven. I am the last seed of the playoffs because someone decided to bench Kyler Murray, so I am in there. And then in the two ESPN redraft leagues, I am eleven and three in both leagues. The number one overall seed heading into the playoffs, so I have a buy in those leagues this week. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, I really have my eyes set on 
uh, D's redraft league because I have sucked in that league for a very long time. I've been on a murderous run, and I hope it continues next week. But yeah. the Eagles play the Cowboys next week, so I'm a little I'm a little hesitant because that's going to be my my first game in the playoffs is Eagles in Dallas. If I win that, the Eagles play the Saints at home the following week. I will win the championship. I just got to win the first week out of the playoffs when they play Dallas. Bring home the title. That's what we need to see. I'm here for the money, but yeah, the title's cool too. <laughs> All right, I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah, the the, the title is just you know secondary. I need. I, I will need say that. in this redraft league, there are like two or three or four teams who have been bad these first two years of the league, and they've had really good seasons. There's like, I think half the playoff field is like first time playoff appearances. Now, not everyone can be like me, Zach, and just make the playoffs every year. All right. So, Zach, tell us about your league. You sound like (laughs) a couple of dynasty leagues that I'm about to tell you about. You know, one, I'm actually defending. We've This is our fourth year. And, um, you know, I've just so happened to be in the title game the first three years. I mean, whoops. And I'm about to make it there my fourth time. You know, I might have been the sixth seed. But hey, nothing like a little underdog story. Yeah, I like it, Zach. I'm right there with you with the six. I'm, a, yeah. you know, I'm in, I'm in 17 leagues. So you know, we're in a little bit more. Uh, yeah, and uh, what's funny is a lot of stuff in real life happened this year, so I couldn't have put as much attention to, into all of them as I wanted. I didn't do any waivers, any FAB for any of them. But hey, guess what? 12 out of 17 were in the playoffs. Shut uh, up. And um, let's see, I, I. Don't have I can't pull up my charts since I'm on my phone, but I believe my overall record between all 17s is about 120 and 90. So we're in the positive for the win percentage. My worst record from a non-tanking was six and eight. Um, and you know, I did I'm in two Debbie Dynasty leagues, so we got college players too. And uh, you know, I tanked hard as shit in both of those. So part of my uh, that win percentage. Zero and 14 in one of them. Whoa. Excellent job tanking. Call me the 76ers because I just crushed it. Um, And then uh, then four and 10 in the other. So outside of the two, I was trying to lose. Or not really. I already had the guys I wanted. But, you know, I'm waiting for next year. Um, Outside of those two, though, uh, two redraft, I didn't make it. And then one dynasty, I didn't. So I'm sitting pretty. I got a lot of chances. I mean, they're all money leagues. So got a fair chance. It was... And um, I mean, I'm feeling good. A lot. And, and would you guys agree that the that most of us do multiple leagues to give ourselves multiple chances at making a final? Like, I think that's the only reason why I'm in five. Because like when when I was in one, I'd have a really good team that wouldn't make the playoffs, and I had to sit there for a whole year and wait till next year. And then I was like, well, why don't I just do multiple leagues? I'm I'm a pretty good I'm pretty good at this. And so that's how I started with two which then got to three, which then got to four. And one, the first year I did four, I made the playoffs in all four leagues. So then I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm good at this. So then I next year, next year I did the same thing and only made the playoffs in three leagues, then tried to break it down, bring it down to just uh, three leagues instead of four. And then this year I got talked into two more leagues. So now I'm in five. And I'm looking at, like, all throughout the year, I ended up with an overall record of 43 and 27 across five leagues. And I'm looking at I'm like, man, like, I can – if I can just if I can get these five teams into the the championship game, I'm gonna be honest with you. At that point, it yes, I want the money, but I just want to win at least one or two of them so I can feel the champion feeling 
The other one's like, you can't win them all. Like, you can't win them all. But I'm a, I'm from around the way, Zach. I'm, I'm trying to come around come out here with something. I didn't try to sign up for that many. I was in, I was in four last year. And oh like goodness. I said, so what, four, 14 of these are, uh, yeah, 14 of these are dynasty. So I went from four to 14 this offseason. It wasn't planned, but I mean, this past year was when I joined the fantasy football community. Suddenly, a whole bunch of people were inviting me to startups, this and that. So I'm feeling good. You know, most of these were startup drafts. And, you know, obviously you can't have the same team each and every time, but I had certain guys I was targeting. I mean, anyone on the Going for Two Network knows that I've defended Christian Watson since before the NFL draft. I mean, I've been screaming from the mountaintops that man's name. And there's been a few other guys, you know, Travis Etienne, where it was slow start to the year. But I had enough pieces consistently across different teams and enough guys I purposefully avoided just because I wasn't necessarily in on them like other people. And mm -hmm. I almost feel as if the guys I tried to stay away from are what helped me make it um, in so many. Because obviously you're never going to get all of your dudes or someone else is going to see the talent there. But in general, if it's someone that I'm out on when I know the community is in on them, that was a lot of what helped the success carry over this year. But hey, I, I really agree I'm ready. Now, I, I feel you on some of that because I think one player I had in mind as you were kind of talking was Damian Pierce. I went kind of heavy on on getting like star wide uh, star wide receivers in a lot of my leagues. I, I, when I look across some of my leagues, I think of my wide receiver ones, uh, Jalen Waddle, um, Justin Jefferson, Coop Cup, uh, in another league. Like like I, in, in most of these leagues, I took a really really good wide receiver first, and then tried to bank on some of these younger running backs just working themselves into starting roles like you come to see in the nfl get to week four five six that's when some of the rookie running backs start churning up and so i kind of looked out in a few leagues with damian pierce but one question that that that, that this kind of brought brought to me to, to ask you guys was is there someone that you may be kind of passed on in the draft process that you're looking at now and you're like i slept on him I, I slept on him. He had a better season than I was anticipating. I'm going to throw a name out there right now. Josh Jacobs. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so it's funny you so say because the, the so inverse sorry. of that question was, who did you see? And for me in our redraft league, Josh Jacobs was sitting there and I was like, let's do this. And Josh Jacobs has been the difference maker in our redraft league while I'm 11 to 3. I have to say the two, I don't want to say I was out on them, but this was my prove it year. And since they were dynasty leagues, I was going to let someone else pull that trigger since I know there was enough hype around both of these teams paid via trade to get a second wide receiver that was talented. I'm talking about Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. I can never say it right. But Tua and Jalen, you know, I didn't think they were bad, but I didn't want to invest in the risk because, you know, there was two ways it went. They could either do what they're doing, which is balling with these two great wideouts and these two offensive-minded coaches that are really killing it, or there was this other extreme where the team, the team paid to get these wide receivers, and the reason why they did was because they had to evaluate what they had at QB before they were like, hey, are we going to go a different route or not? And it paid off, but at the same time, for the most part, I didn't want to find out. You know, I usually like to pursue my QBs that are either stupid cheap or you know, get the ones that are solidified stars. And the reason why I say that is because I actually did it in two different super flexes. I went the 
it's not a herd of strategy really i went the zero qb route in some startup drafts oh and uh i have jared goff daniel jones as my two starters now and i traded for Derek carr on the bench but you know i or actually no I, sorry i traded for jared goff after week one but it was guys like that you know undervalued not paying a lot but i'm getting production this year like yeah. my jared goff daniel jones starting line i'm 10 and 4 we're the number two seed like are you kidding me i was yeah. taking every other talented spot because hey oh you want 29 qbs were taken in the first three rounds and it was a 14 wow. man league so 29 of 42 were qbs and I, I took daniel jones's i believe qb 30 in the seventh round so that's where you know i'm loaded yeah. everywhere else that's yeah. sometimes you just mm-hmm. got to try and be different yeah it gets uh-huh. a little nervous but eh, it can pay yeah. off Man. Well, yeah, I was fortunate enough to trade for Jalen Hurts in our redraft league, and that is what put me over the top. Zach, please don't get me started here. Greatest trade of all time I was able to pull off in that Zach, league. He, he finessed someone. He took advantage of this guy who literally – literally. No, I'm not going to say he took advantage. Essentially what happened was, Zach, and then we can get out of here after this. Essentially what happened was there was this guy in our league who – He's one of those people who, after week one, whoever did not perform well after week one, automatically on the trade block, and he's going to spend the next 13 weeks trying to trade these people because they did not perform well in week one. Tell me I'm lying, Eddie. Am I wrong or no? You're right. I mean, but this, this okay. was this no, was I, made I in the sure. spirit we're, we're of competitiveness and getting better. I'm not, I ain't saying nothing else. I just wanted to make sure that we're, we're, we're tracking on. That's how my man moved. So from weeks two to about weeks 11, he is telling everyone every week, yo, X, Y, and Z is for sale. Who wants to trade me X, Y, and Z? Yo, X, Y, and Z, trade trade with me so you can take X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z. So it starts, I think his first, the first trade that he bites on was uh, a trade for, he traded uh, Aaron Jones for T. Higgins. Or something along those lines. Eh, yeah, whatever deal. It happens. So then I trade with him. I get, I give him Gabe Davis and he gives me Dante Foreman. I won that trade. I won that trade. Easy. I, I'm starting to see now. I won that trade. Whatever. So maybe a week later, this guy's he got he loses, and it was it wasn't a good loss. So he is down bad, and so he's looking at his roster, and he was like, okay, he has Joe Burrow. He's looking at his roster, and he was like, yo, somebody like somebody. No, he has Jalen Hurts, and he was like, yo, somebody trade with me. Like I, I'm trying to I, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to get a better wide receiver. Somebody trade with me. So he goes to. Danny, who has AJ Brown, says, "Shit, step into my office if you're trying to trade Jalen Hurts." So they come out on a trade, which is essentially Jalen Hurts and Gabe somebody Davis. else. It was Jalen and Gabe, Jalen Hurts, Gabe Davis for Joe Burrow and Amari Cooper. Dog. Danny, mind you, Danny has Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs. And AJ Brown, Brown and Debo Samuel on the same team. So we're I look at this trade and I was just like, no fucking way. This guy pressed go on this trade. And I'm talking, Zach, as soon as the trade, like as soon as everyone in the league got the notification, oh no, it was so everyone was like, everyone started hitting me privately saying, Who the fuck was dummy that makes this trade? And this guy is saying, No, this is a fair trade. This is a fair, fair trade. trade. Well, it, was, it was a fair well, trade. Zach, 
He goes on after this trade. This was like week 11. He goes on to win one more game for the rest of the season. He he loses the, he loses like two, three out of his remaining four, and he goes from in playoff contention to finishing dead fucking last. How can dead one look at, hey, let me trade away the guy that's missing Jamar Chase for the guy who's making an MVP run? If he made that by week 11, are you kidding me? It was a fair yeah. trade. I think it was fair. So my biggest beef with this trade is the fact, not the quarterbacks, it was more so the wide receivers. Like, dog, I'm looking at this roster and saying, you cannot you cannot move Jalen Hurts without taking one of these running backs. And my, yeah. and my guy was like, well, he wouldn't offer any of the running backs. I was just like, so why would you make the deal? Oh, the, man. I have a deal that makes it. The worst for me is just the way that Danny's just going to keep calling it a fair trade. It's like me as a exactly. Pac fan, yes. fan saying Des didn't catch it. I mean, yeah. Listen, exactly. it was, want, it was made in the spirit of competitiveness and getting better from both sides, and I will stick to that. Zach, Sounds like he came on this show after that trade was done and said, <laughs> I'm actually surprised he accepted that trade. Yeah, but that's a fair trade. <laughs> Danny is the reason why no one in that league will be able to have nice things anymore. Hope you're happy. Oh, oh no. I've been giving that guy hell. I'm the commissioner of this league. I've been giving that guy hell uh -huh. since he made that trade. And and I was actively rooting for him to finish last so he would learn his lesson. So now that guy has finished last. Now I'm over it. It is what it is. But You, you just got to replace him with me. Next. I mean, he comes to the chat and is like, Jalen Hurts is like for sale. Like, what am I supposed to do? You no, you Step did the right thing. Let's have I'm a mad conversation. At I'm more mad at him for really not pushing the agenda to try to take one of these running backs away. Dog, like, what do you, Amari Cooper? Is the was the dude a Bengals fan? Like, no. I the only way I could justify that from a like someone that's a clearly biased fan of that team and that player. But Amari like has that, been balling until Deshaun got back. A balling, really? You, hey, you, Amari, Amari has saved my ass a couple times this year. A, a couple. And by week 11, yeah, his, a his, wide, his main wide receiver one and two is A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel. So imagine when he says, when he says that Amari Cooper has saved his ass a few times, how many times do you honestly think that was when he has A.J. Brown? Not even AJ Amari, Brown and Amari was on the bench. <laughs> no, Amari, Amari was my flex, but now Josh Jacobs is my flex so no, i bet he is I, I bet he is did you so, did you trade you know like damian pierce for him or what no. no that was my draft like my draft coming out of our draft i was extremely confident oh even i just i just figured said, you could have offered someone not worth worthwhile that's the only you know, trade i've made all year my roster has been rock solid oh, oh man zach where can the people find you man thank you so much for for stopping by man where yeah. can the people find you Thank you for having me. First off, I'm glad I could join you guys. I'm sorry I was late. You know, work got a little crazy with this weather tonight. But no, you can find me on Twitter at the Big Pulaski. I mean, I'm usually tweeting about, you know, football, basketball, baseball, soccer. You name it, I follow it. I'm loving it. But otherwise, every Sunday morning, the Going For Two Network, our pregame show, that's the main thing I'm doing. Otherwise, I'm just, just chilling and uh, trying to show love to the different shows on the Going For Two Network. Thanks for having me, though, guys. I really do appreciate it. Man, Zach, it's all up. Really appreciate it. Danny, let the people know where they can find you and find us. 
you can find me in my office if you're ready to make a deal anyone in our redraft or dynasty leagues but anybody else you can find me on the bird app at danny ocean 41 follow the show speak on it underscore pod twitter and instagram um d what music where can they find you and what are we listening to as we ride off into the sunset on this winter oh, people you already know you can find me at los d mix that is at l-o-s-d-e-e-m-i-x on instagram twitter on on ig on twitch on youtube uh, make sure you guys follow the pod. Speak on the underscore pod. Make sure you follow Zach Kalowski at the Big Kalowski. Make sure you check him out Sunday at the Going for Two pregame show. I want to shout out Gator J. I want to shout out Kyle. I want to shout out Jamie. I want to shout out Bam. Thank you guys for showing up per usual and showing love. Shout out to everyone who is listening. Shout out to everyone who is watching. Me and Danny were looking at some of the year-end numbers, and we were just really, really, uh, really, really pleased with some of the, with the love that we've been getting. So really, really appreciate it. Um, guys, last thing for me. Earlier this week, I finally I finally caved into peer pressure and looked at my, re- my Apple replay for 2022, and mm. my most listened-to album was, this surprised me, was um, It's Always Dry by Pusha T. And... My most played song will be the song that I play today, and it is, of course, his lead single, Diet Coke. Uh, Never heard the song. Again, we are off next week. We will catch you in two weeks in preparation. Oh, that Eagles Cowboys game would have passed, but y'all have a safe holiday. We'll catch you next time.